Max Verstappen is on a roll in Montreal as he storms to another win and extends his championship lead even further. Hello and welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast, everybody. This is episode number 207, where we're going to be reviewing the 2022 Canadian Grand Prix. I'm your host, George Harrison, and joining me today, we have Sophia Richmond from Everything F1. Hi. Rachel Kaputza from Paddock Pals. Hello. And Ellie Bishop from Along the Racing Line. Hiya. So, ladies, I will just give a little shout out to, to some of the uh, people who have given us a five-star review on uh, on iTunes. If you give us a five-star review on iTunes, we'll give you a shout out at the start of the show. And, as well, you'll be entered into a draw for uh, for some merchandise, which is not too similar to the... Uh, the top that I'm wearing right now, but I just need to find the actual reviews themselves. There we go. So we had one from T-Bear from, I'm looking very closely, I believe that is Australia. If that is New Zealand, I do apologise, no end about that. <laughs> and uh, also on one, on first from the United States as well, giving us five-star reviews. Yeah, if you want to give us some shout, uh, give us some reviews on there. Like I said, you get a shout out. And as well, you also get entered into a draw for some merchandise. So, First of all, uh, let's obviously get into the the race winner this weekend. Max Verstappen, uh, Sophia, I mean, got pole position. He looked comfortable all race, apart from the last few stages where Carlos Sainz was challenging him. But to be honest with you, he kind of kept him at arm's length. It was a job well done for the world champion today. Oh, 100%. And the lead now on the leaderboard is absolutely, it's 46 points or something like that. So it's going to be quite a big uh, challenge for um, any other driver at the moment. It was a good race. Um, in all honesty as well, I think it was interesting but uneventful majority of the race. You had a few good moments. DRS kind of played into a key factor. The virtual safety guard was uh, pit strategy as well. But for Max, it was a good race. He didn't have any kind of fault for him. And it was just a good day for Red Bull. Six wins in a row now. So Six wins in a row. I didn't actually realize that. But yeah, Max Verstappen in particular on a hell of a roll. He's won every race that he has finished in, aside from Monaco, where he finished third. That was the one exception to the rule. He has been in incredible form. He is putting up a very stout defense of his title. Uh, and like you said as well, 46 points uh, from Sergio Perez, his teammate. Charles Leclerc closing in on third place. But obviously, we'll get into Leclerc and Perez soon. Um, now, it's it's early days still, of course, Ellie, but it's looking very ominous for Max Verstappen. He, he has, he has, he's been in incredible form this season. He's won a lot of races. But perhaps what happened to his teammate today could prove crucial because it was another retirement today for Red Bull, a mechanical retirement at that as well. Yeah, I mean... I think it's interesting to see where they're going to sort of take this direction for Perez because his performance, I think, this year has been very consistent so far. I think he's done a very good job. You know, they, they've signed him on again, so that's fantastic for him. But these, these issues, they are, they are going to come to pass. They are, gonna be, they are going to be, for sure, something that, that Red Bull need to think about and fo- focus on, especially when you're looking at kind of extending into AlphaTauri in certain races as well um but for sure uh they they will need to be thinking about that carefully I mean I think Perez uh just got very very unlucky uh today I mean it looked like he had some great pace it looked like this could have been his race I think he could have eaten his way up through through the through the the uh the grid today but um yeah it's, it's a little unfortunate I think 
Yeah, it was unfortunate for Sergio Perez. I mean, he had a, had a poor qualifying. He brought the red flags and didn't, didn't get out of Q2. But at the end of the day, you know, he, he could have got good points today. Charles Leclerc got all the way up to a fifth place today in the end from the back of the grid. So there's no reason why Perez couldn't have been up there as well. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the guy in second place today, Rachel. I thought I thought today finally could have been the day when Carlos Sainz won his first race, but it just didn't quite have the straight line speed. Charles Leclerc suffering with the same thing. He was stuck behind Esteban Ocon for a lot of the race, and it was a similar story for Sainz behind Verstappen. Still, though, second place, it's not been the best season for him so far by any means, but this is the kind of result he needs to keep getting more, more regularly. Yeah, I completely agree. And any result like this, I think is going to be great for his confidence, which is what he needs, which is awesome. Um, But I was really thinking Ferrari might have the right strategy early on when I was watching. Um, But tire degradation seemed to be really strong. Nobody really thought there was going to be that much. And everyone was like, oh, my God, my tires are gone so early. So a lot of that came into play. But when Max pitted so early and then Carlos had 10 laps younger tires I was like he's got this and I was so excited for him Uh, but of course it didn't play out that way and then of course there was the safety car which was you know game changer I thought I was on the edge of my seat couldn't wait to see Carlos really go for it the the time I really thought he had a chance was that second to last lap but he just had such a bad exit out of the hairpin that he just completely lost all that he gained and that was his last chance you know Max really put it on that last lap and he didn't even I think he was out of the the one second by the end but yeah, Carlos, great race for him. I can't wait to see more from him this season because I think I think he's going to be on the up and up. I'm really feeling it. I'm hoping so too. I'm hoping he can uh, join that battle. He's still behind George Russell in the standings, but George Russell, of course, has had a hell of a season. He has been missed to consistency this season. But yeah, th- these are the kind of results that Carlos Sainz needs to get more often and what Ferrari will be hoping that he'll be able to get more often as well. Um but yeah, let's let's move on to the guy who completed the podium today. Sir Lewis Hamilton always does well around Montreal. He's a lot used to, he's a lot more used to winning the race rather than finishing third. But that was a great result for him, nevertheless, Sophia. And the thing is, he wasn't that far off the pace of the front two either. He was really gunning for it today. Mercedes, yeah, they look a little bit off of Red Bull and Ferrari, but it's a hell of a lot closer than it was at the start of the season. It's so weird. It's like day and night sometimes. You have the beginning of FP and he's like, the car is undrivable. I can't deal with this. I don't like this. And then the next minute, like high in qualifying, next minute podium. And then it's completely 180 as well. If you see him in post-race interviews, his mannerisms, how he talks, how he acts is completely different. I mean, Mercedes, well, Hamilton, he's won seven times in Montreal as well. So he knows this track very well compared to some of the other drivers who have never actually been on this track, like Yuki, Mick, and Joe Guan Yu. So he has a lot of skill for that. And I think, I mean, personally as well, I'm not a Mercedes fan. Um, I will put that out there. They are doing well. I think it's what Hamilton needed, but I do think uh, George's qualifying was compromised by strategy and I feel like it was George's race to lose he was doing so well and it was just I guess Hamilton it was just a different strategy different play different pitch strategies that kind of let Hamilton kind of take over but it was a good race for Mercedes overall they got the points they needed the kind of back on performance I don't know we said that after Barcelona as well when they said that they claimed to fix the porpoising and then come to Baku and it's completely 180'd 
We'll see when it comes to Silverson. Uh, Christian Horn has even said that apparently Mercedes is a biggest threat to them coming into Silverstone, which is surprising given that it's always been Ferrari. But it will be interesting. Do I think Hamilton is very close in contention or even George is close in contention for the Drivers' Championship? Probably not. But they could be good for the constructors because if they have both of their drivers doing well every single race, you have Mr. Consistent, George, top five, continuing on now. Like, it's so good for the team. Maybe not the best individually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, anything's possible at the end of the day. Mercedes are not that far behind Ferrari, even after this weekend. I mean, third and fourth from today, second and fifth for Ferrari. So the, the points have not really changed there at all. And if Ferrari continue to have... Uh, mechanical issues didn't have many mechanical issues this weekend obviously but they have had quite a few um and i don't think mercedes have had any i think they've finished every single race so that car it might not be the fastest but it is extremely reliable which is key in these kind of long battles throughout an entire season um and yeah we mentioned mr consistency there george russell he continues his top five streak he got fourth place today again ellie i mean like Sophia alluded to, he was quite unlucky in qualifying. He could have, it could have been an absolute masterstroke to go on the slicks. He wasn't quite ready for it. You know, he gambled. It didn't, it didn't pay off for him. But still, fourth place today, putting some brilliant moves into the hairpin. Job well done. Yeah, I, I have to say he has um, really been so far for me a real driver of the season. Um, you know, I, I think that the. Uh, Slicks move in qualifying whilst it, it didn't sort of turn out to be the right the right decision there necessarily. I, I think it was a, a I think it was a risk worth taking for for, for where they are currently and, and the processes that they're going through at the moment to to sort of work out what's going on with the car and where they need to be setting things up and, and the, the differences that they need to be making. But um he he is he's done a great job. I have to say though, um Today proved to me more than anything that the Lewis Hamilton factor. I, I, I still think it's there. I still think he's. I still think he's got it. I still think that um, you know when we had that restart after the safety car, he just kicked it into another gear and 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 you know was approaching approaching on on the race leaders. And I I think that's that was fantastic, especially considering kind of the physical side of of what he's experienced in the last few races. So I have to say, whilst George has been, has been a great, uh, a great driver the last few races, he's, he's, he has done the job that the team has asked him to do. He has been consistent. He has got points. He has driven hard. Um, I don't think we've seen the end of Lewis in, in comparison. No, so Lewis Hamilton's uh, got a good few years left in him. And uh, we actually had an uh, interesting debate about um, Hamilton and his season so far on a Fireside special, which you can check out on all the usual streaming platforms. I did it a couple of weeks ago, I believe. Um, it was a very interesting listen, that one, if you haven't heard it already. Um, but yeah, uh, fifth place today, Charles Leclerc started 19th. He had his engine penalty, started from the back of the grid. Um, he did. He did struggle at times. He, like I, like as I mentioned before, he struggled behind Esteban Ocon. Didn't quite have the straight line speed. He was struggling on all the tires, but still, fifth place today, Rachel. I, you know, it, it's ten points. Um, no, it's fifteen points lost. Sorry, my my apologies to uh, Max Verstappen this weekend, which seems bad, but it could have been a lot worse today. Um, I, I think he did a good job today, to be honest. Yeah, I think he did the best that he could. Um, and it really was a battle, like you said, with that car and with strategy. I, I felt like a lot of the pit stops today were really slow. So just that in general was just off. 
but um, he was in that DRS train right at the start of the race. And once he derailed the DRS train, like he really, I thought he really stepped it up. And that's a shout out to my brother who said that I was like, it's a train. And he's like, it's derailed. So liked that a lot. Um, but yeah, I thought he had a great race and I'm glad I had the honor to talk about both Ferrari drivers because big Ferrari fan, I'm still hoping for the season that they can bring it on back. And I, I mean, the, the hard part about them is they they're both so flip floppy on one's getting mega points. The other's getting points, maybe not mega points, but they're kind of stifling the results a little bit of the driver's championship going towards Ferrari. But, you know, going back to this race, Charles had a great race, um, really fought back. He was the driver of the day. So I think that was well-deserved. So good for him. And I definitely think that he, he has more. And I think he's, he's not done for the fight for this year. No, no, certainly not. He's he's definitely got a chance for sure. Um, it, 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 he just needs his car to be consistent throughout the rest of the season. And I think, unfortunately for him, the fact he's already had some engine penalties means at some point he's going to have a couple more at least. It's, it's just inevitable at this point, especially if there's more mechanical failures as the season goes on. Um, but we'll see what happens. I hope I hope he can make a fight out of it. He's still in third in the in the drivers' championship, but he's only just behind Sergio Perez now. Yeah, um, isn't the the first one's ten, and then the next one's only five? place grid penalty for for that so you know at least it won't be as bad as this one right <laughs> well it, it depends what they do if they change like uh like five parts of the engine like, uh, like they did this weekend it's not gonna matter he's gonna be <laughs> at the back anyway there's only 20 spots on the grid but yeah i know what you mean in theory it should get a bit easier for him but uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens <laughs> um next up we have uh esteban ocon and I don't know. I, I like Ocon, but I don't know what it is about him, but he's always a bit anonymous um, in races. I don't know what it is, but he never stands out very much. But again, he's got sixth place. He beat his teammate who who started on the front row of the grid today. Uh, admittedly, team orders did help Esteban in that. No doubt about that. Alonso, I think, will be <laughs> very annoyed about that, at least. But still, Sophia, sixth place. He did a good job today. You can't deny that. Oh, 100%. I've said this on many Grid Talk podcasts when I'm doing race reviews and even on like everything F1 podcast. He's probably the biggest head down driver that you don't see or speak about at all. But he's the one that's bringing in the most points consistently this season. And that's great for Alpine as well, given with Fernando and like obviously all the silly rumors with Piastri as well and all the conversations about that. But Alpine surprised me this weekend obviously because Alonso P2 from qualifying it was like 3,000 days like literally a decade almost because his last time was Germany 2012 the last time he was on front row so it is crazy to see him and like even in free practice as well he's P1 like where does this come from and I don't know if it's his experience and skills because again it's a key track like he has raced on this a few times before compared to other drivers but it was a good day for Alpine, double points. He Like, Alcon just kept... There's a few battles coming in with DRS, uh, especially with Charles as well. There's a few times as well with Bartas and Zhou Guan Yu. He did good defending. Like, he was probably the most consistent defending. It was just, compared to Alonso and compared to other people, it was like tire strategies, a little bit of spacing, especially in the last straight and going into... um By turn 
16, I think, off the top of my head, by the hairpin, pretty much. The DRS um, after the hairpin. Like, those two, he was doing quite well defending wherever that was needed. And, like I said, good points. Eight points. He, I think he's over Alonso in the Drivers' Constructors if you, uh, drivers Championship if you look at side-by-side side so far. He's just doing well for Alpine. And, obviously, this is why he's staying longer as well um, for the next couple of seasons. Despite being a race winner, um, some people do doubt his credentials as Spenocon, which I think is so harsh on the guy. I mean, Crofty didn't even acknowledge it today, (laughs) saying that him and George Russell have not had an F1 win. He got half of that right. George has it. Ocon has one, just one, but still counts. it was that unbelievable of a win that people just do not believe it happened, but it, it, it did. It, it definitely happened. I can confirm. Same with Gasly. He has a win somehow. I don't even know how he did that, but he did. Um, but yeah, Ocon doing the doing a good job today in, in sixth place. Um, Fernando Alonso in seventh. I, I think he'll probably be a little bit disappointed with that because he started on the front row. He, but you know, take nothing away from the guy's performance. If there's something that uh, you know, you can't deny that Alonso doesn't, you know, provide entertainment. The guy is always fun to watch. There's always some flair with him. There's always something going off on the team radio with him. You know, there's always some kind of drama. And he did a good job today to hold off the Alfa Romeos in the closing stages as well, Ellie, who were all over the back of him. Yeah, I... <sighs> what can what can you actually say about Alonso that has not already been said? You know, it's it's... He is just one of those drivers where you think he's gone, then he's not, and then he might be. And you're, you're sort of sat there watching it in, in a moment of disbelief. I, I know um, plenty of people kind of wanted or expected a little bit of chaos on the opening lap uh, from him. And, and I thought that that was a very measured performance f- from him on that opening lap. Uh, I, I think he did well to kind of hold his place. I think he got mildly you know shafted by a little bit of strategy there and and a little bit of a few reliability issues kicking in towards the end but uh I mean solid drive from him um and bringing in some some good 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 points there and and um also I it, it gives me confidence the way that Ocon and Alonso can work together, but can also provide some fantastic racing moments. Um, sort of, I, I distinctly remember it at the earlier part of the season. Um, there was some fantastic sort of Ocon on Alonso uh, moments, but I, I think that that now they are calming down and, and they are providing a, a good team experience for Alpine that I think in the long run will take them the distance and they could be pretty strong in the latter half of the season and certainly going into the next next season. Yeah, there's, there's definitely potential for those two to um, to continue on at the end of the day. I was I was honestly thinking that Alonso would leave after this season, but um, he, he's picked it up to be fair. He's doing better now. And uh, that's bad news for Oscar Piastri, who's obviously waiting in the rings uh, to take that uh, second uh, Alpine seat. But it's not going to happen just yet, I don't think. Um, and moving on to a guy who was also revitalised this season, uh, Valtteri Bottas, uh, Getting eighth place today, four points for Alfa Romeo. Both Alfa Romeo's doing really well this weekend, Rachel. The car seemed to have a lot better pace this weekend, and not just in qualifying, but in the race too. 
Yeah. And it's just good that they're kind of hopefully sorting out some of their reliability issues. Cause I think that's really been holding both drivers back. If you hear them in press conferences, they're always like, if we just sort this out and I can finish a race, we'll really get to see what we can do. And I do think they have a really great car this year. And I think that Valtteri Bottas is driving the pants off of it when he, when it works, but when it doesn't, you're just kind of like so sad. Cause you know, he's got it. And I just think he, it's been so good for him to, you know, kind of get out of Mercedes and be at, um, be at Alfa Romeo and, you know, just, just kind of be the guy there, but he's doing really well. Um, he did well this week. He's not, he didn't really stand out that much to me, unless I missed something. We had some family over, so I might've missed something, but he was kind of Mr. Anonymous in the race to me. Um, but you know, he did get those good points and they got the double points um, and he's doing well in the, uh, the driver's standings too. So I just think he had a, a solid day. Great for the team with re- reliability is all being there. So yeah, not, not a ton to say, but he did well done today. Yeah, a good job from him in the, the day. He's doing a lot better this season in general, really, for being honest. It's good to see him as a team leader and not have the pressure of uh, having Lewis Hamilton as your teammate, which is, uh, that can't be fun for anybody. I mean, George Russell's not making it look too difficult, but we also know how good that kid is. So there we go. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to his teammate, uh, Joe Guan Yu, ninth place, is his highest finish in Formula One, I think it is, his second lot of points this season, too. Uh, you know, some, I'm sure some people were doubting him, thinking, oh, it was a flash in the pan in Bahrain, he got lucky, you know, he's not that good, he's a pay driver, doesn't deserve to be there, all that, all that usual stuff. But today, Sophia, he's proved it again, that he's a good solid pair of hands behind that car, and he's just been unlucky with reliability for the most part. He's been one of my top drivers this season. I think had it not been for the three DNFs that he has had out of the five DNFs that Alfa Romeo's had this season, he would have been very close to the points with Bottas because Bottas has now, I think, 44 points off the top of my head or 45. And Joe has a bit today now, 44. Uh, So he's getting there. Like he's done so well. You can see him how excited he was going to Q3 uh, yesterday. He's had so many good opportunities, great overtakes, great defending. He's out-qualified Bottas a few times. He's overtaken um, and led over Bottas a few times as well. It's just the Ferrari engine that's really screwed him over. Like, he was, every time he's had a DNF, he was in contention for points. If you add it up together, he's probably going to be at like 29 points or something close to that. If you added those three DNFs, he probably would have been close to that. He is probably the better rookie driver. Well, he is the only rookie driver this season, but compared to Yuki, compared to Mick, way better. Uh, And I mean, I guess people are attacking me for that, but He's proven himself from the straight off the back. He's he's got points. I hate to say it. Mick doesn't have points. He was close today, but wasn't his race. Um, even uh, Yuki as well. Yuki's getting better this season, but compared to last season, the amount of times he spun out, Joe's had some great saves. He's barely crashed, and I I understand the pay driver letting uh, like his spot taking over Gio's spot or Kimmy's whoever spot discussion would be but he's proven himself as well and for me i watch f2 and f3 as well so i've seen him before he got into f1 his f2 career is quite good he didn't win but he was very close to contention a few times and he's had some great battles with like mick and a few other drivers that are currently on the track i love him like he's consistent when he has a good engine 
and it just needs to be s- sorted. And he also has a great sense of fashion that I oh, really appreciate. Fashion. <laughs> Amazing. His outfit on uh, free practice on Friday. I like it. <laughs> I'm going to have to look this up now because unfortunately that idea, that that passed me by. But I'll, I'll have a look at that while uh, while we talk about uh, Lance Stroll, who got the last point uh, today in his home race. I, I know so, uh, the people who are listening, Sophia, cannot believe this. I can't believe this either. Being a McLaren fan, I don't want to believe this. But uh, yeah, he... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a he had a good he had a good race today. He started pretty far back. I'm pretty sure he was out in Q1, but he, he channeled his inner maple leaf. He channeled the Canadian and he did it in his home race. He finally gets gets a decent result. And it just came out of nowhere, Ellie. I mean, the guy's taken a lot of flat this season, but fair play, he scored points in an Aston Martin. That's that's no mean feat. Yeah, I I have to say that one that one really took me uh by surprise. I, I was very focused up on uh uh the Max Carlos action and then I sort of saw the checkered flag come out and I looked down to uh P10 and I was like what are you doing up here like it was that was that was a a a a little bit of a of a shock to me but um good good for him I I think that's a fantastic result for him at his home race um I think overall his season so far has still been a little bit lackluster um Although that Aston Martin, it, sh- it has moments of immense promise. And then suddenly we we go back to kind of trailing along at the back and, and sort of immense frustrations. But um, good good job from him today. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he did all right today. Like I said, he just came out of nowhere. He and but to be fair, I don't know if it was because the the car was set up that way, but he was incredibly hard to pass. There was, there was someone who was stuck behind him for a long time during the race, and I can't remember who it was now. Um, but he was the head of a, D- a DRS train midway through the race, and um, people were struggling to pass him. Um, you know, so fair play to the guy. He he took the opportunity. He got he got a bit lucky with the safety car at the end, but you know you, you got to take the chances that you're given at the end of the day. Um, now let's move on to McLaren, my team. And I, I generally thought that uh, this could have been the weekend when Ricardo could have done well. He started in the top 10. But I don't know whether it was the strategy or the pace or what, Rachel, but it just did not work out for him. 11th place for Ricardo. Lando Norris, I, I think he was a bit off because of his engine this weekend and also an absolutely diabolical pit stop. He finished in 15th. Not a good day for the team in Orange. Yeah, we, um, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to talk about Daniel Ricardo just because you, you just want him to do really well. And, and just like you said today at the beginning of the day, you're thinking, oh, he's starting in the points. Maybe he'll finish in the points. That would be lovely. And he finishes just right outside of the points. And when people were passing him, they were just soaring past him. And it was just kind of like, there's nothing there's obviously nothing he can do. It's probably has to do with the car, but at the same time, at least he didn't finish last. And, and that's kind of where I am with Daniel uh, during all these races. I'm more of the, at least he didn't blankety, blankety, blank. At least he didn't hit a groundhog, you know, like just whatever, whatever I can do. But I, I don't think that it was a great race for him. It, it's hard to say that it, he did well um i i just didn't really see that from him i think he did probably under underperformed i would say um which i know is maybe sounds a bit harsh but i don't know 
maybe their car just wasn't at it. If you, like you said, Lando, he didn't finish that great either. But when you're the car that has the engine that that's working, you're, you're expected to finish in the points for your team. And, and when he couldn't do that, even though he started there, and maybe it was to do with some bad pit stops because he had a bad one too. And maybe it's to do with some strategy. Um, but you, you gotta, when you're the driver that has the chance to get the points, you got to get the points for the team. And he didn't do that today. No, he didn't. And I, I don't want to beat up Daniel Ricciardo even more. But I just noticed something out of nine races this season, he scored points in two of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, that kind of speaks volumes about itself, really, which I don't know. That, that's, I was surprised to hear that, uh, read that myself, but it's true. He is, uh, I mean, yeah, points in Australia in his home race, points in Azerbaijan, and that's it. And that's all he's got. And uh, yeah, I don't want to get too much into it, but it's uh, simply not good enough at the end of the day. McLaren are holding on to fourth in the Constructors' Championship, but with results like today for Alpine, that is uh, that is not going to last very long if, uh, if his form continues. Um, yeah, let's give a mention to uh, Sebastian Vettel next, Sophia. Um, he was running the points for part of today. He, I think he picked really early and tried to run the tyres out for as long as possible. Didn't quite work out, him because, work out for him because of the late safety car. 12th place, you know, he got 6th place out in Azerbaijan last time. That really worked out for him, but just a bit of an off day today for him, really. Yeah, I mean, he pitted lap three, which was quite surprising, um, and then had to pit again in between the two uh, safety cars as well. Both quite slow pits. I think they were like 2.8 each time. So it was just, mind you, the first pit on lap three, that was a planned pit strategy regardless of the safety car, um, according to Aston Martin and social media and such. So it it was interesting because obviously everyone saw FP3 and was like, oh my God, Vettel, top three, like it's back. Like the old guys are coming back. Like <laughs> I hate to say the word old guys, but literally they are at the moment in this um, F1 season. I, it's He played a slow race. It was a very quiet race for him as well. He's similar to Alcon as well. Very quiet races, very quiet seasons for him. He, like you said, he was racing in the points for a little bit. It was just the pitch strategies, I think. I don't know. Like, he's doing all right, but he's still not getting where we would like him to be. Um, I mean, him in the points is always a great thing to see. Him on the podium is 10 out of 10 to see. And I think also the fact that Stroll finished above him as well kind of like leads into a little bit of discussion. There's been rumors that he was thinking about like retiring after this year because his contract is up as well. And Stroll's contract as well is up for Aston Martin at the end of the season. So we'll see. But yeah, he's just been very consistently quiet, but not quiet enough to get the points that's needed for Aston Martin. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one with Vettel, you know, even if he's getting the odd good result like he did in Baku, that's not what he wants. You know, he's a four-time world champion. He's one of the most successful guys in the sport's history. He does not want to be fighting around the back. There has to be a kind of end game to Aston Martin. And unfortunately, at the moment, going off for this season, it's not looking too positive for them. Um, and it's also not looking too positive for Williams either. They did not have a good day today, but sadly not that much of a surprise, I guess. Alex Albon in 13th, Nicholas Latifi in his home race did not race much better at all. Again, 16th, his usual finishing spot today, Ellie. I mean, it's your first time on Grid Talk today. I'm not giving you an easy one to talk about, Williams, but uh, <laughs> I've had it for a few minutes if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, I, I feel like I've uh, I've had to deal with a few of the uh, the the uh, 
tougher teams today. I don't know. Um, just the rot- way the rotation so, falls. I don't choose it. It's just the way it happens. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm I'm fine with that. I mean, so I did, so on a on a first point, I just wanted to say that. Um, just had a notification through to say that apparently Alonso has been given a penalty, so he's now down in P9. Oh, no. what for? Yeah. Um, for weaving in front we- of Bottas. Weaving on the straights. Oh, yeah. That's a very Alonso yeah. thing to do. He probably did do that, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I don't think we need to take a look at uh, you know, VAR to <laughs> um, but yeah, back back to Williams. I'm sure we can discuss that uh, in a moment. Um I feel so much frustration for Williams because they looked like they were coming off of a high at the end of, of last year kind of comparatively and I thought the addition of Albon has been I thought that was a, a, a good choice um I think he's done a pretty good job at, at stepping into I would argue some pretty large boots that that Russell left to fill but core I mean Latifi is just he's got consistency that's for sure um <laughs> He has got he has got consistency in in all ways, but consistency. Um, I I think we're kind of getting to a point now where it's I I I can't I can't see much of a future left for him. Kind of in the sport, I know money plays a very big factor into this, but you know, Williams have have seemed to have that straightened out a little bit more. Um. And I think his performance today is just endemic of, of a general long line of, of immensely poor performance, really, over over the year. And I feel quite harsh saying that because I think he's a nice guy. I think that he, um, you know, I think he's 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 again, you know, not not the not the worst kind of person. In, in personality wise but that that doesn't get you points does it so they need to be they Williams need to be thinking about that carefully and and I'm sure they are but yeah it's a frustrating it's so and Albon as well there were moments of great brilliance from him I thought throughout this race he had some great overtakes I thought he pushed hard in in many sections but it just never quite seems to stick and it's just so frustrating to to have to watch yeah, Alex Albon is uh, is doing the best he can in that car. There's no two ways about it. I think he's getting everything he can out of it. Nicholas Satifi is not, unfortunately. Um, you know, he's a guy I've defended throughout uh, throughout his career. I thought, you know, he's he's done a solid job. He's not not been spectacular at all. This year was a big year for him. You know, he's a more experienced driver in that team. You know, it was it was up to him to make the team his own and take over from George Russell, but he just hasn't done it. Alex Albon's just walked into that team and wiped the floor of him so far, and there's no reason to kind of suggest that that's going to change anytime soon. So, honestly, I I think he's going to be gone after this year. I'd like to see Logan Sargent come in from, uh, from F2 if he's got enough super license points, get an American in that car. We've been, ca- we've been crying out for it for years, but that he could be the guy for that. But let's see if he gets enough super license points, because that's <laughs> that's a whole other story. I don't even know how that thing works. Um but yeah, let's uh, let's let's move on to another team that didn't score points this weekend. Alpha Tauri. Now Pierre Gasly, he's uh, he's I don't think there's been a press release yet, but I think that it has been confirmed by Franz Toss that he is going to drive for Alpha Tauri next season. He 
was just as far as I could. I might be wrong. I might be missing something, but he was absolutely nowhere during this race. Yuki Tsunoda could have threatened to get some points today, but unfortunately, he did something that I've done sometimes on the F1 game and pushed too hard going out of the pits and he crashed into the wall. I mean, unless there's some sort of mechanical issue that's been announced, Rachel, since then, it seems like a, a very embarrassing mistake from Yuki. Yeah, it was, I think it was classified as a spin-off, um, which is <laughs> awful. <laughs> but that that's what I saw. He just kind of accelerated too much, went went out too hard, was a little too excited, I guess, and just put it right into the wall. And and yeah, I mean at least he caused some excitement because uh, he's he's the one that brought out the safety car, so that was good. Um and then and then Pierre, it's it's kind of like he lost some of that fire from last year I don't know it's probably the car I doubt it's him but just some of his performances last year I was so impressed by and this year I'm not having that same kind of feeling with him this race yeah he didn't do much and another thing that confuses me about AlphaTauri is how they're they're so much slower than the Red Bull like I just something in my brain is just being like, why they have the same power? Why are they so much slower? And and I mean, different cars, obviously, but it just seems like a lot slower. Um, but not much to say this race. Um, they're they're great off track, Yuki and Pierre. So uh, there's been a ton of their little bromance going on. So they got that to stay super relevant. So um, they at least they have that going for them. But yeah, I think I, I people always want Pierre to get out of Red Bull and think that he'll just thrive elsewhere. Um, and I totally agree with that. I was a little surprised when I heard that he did resign, but it's kind of like where else is he going to go? It, it's just too up in the air. I think it was definitely a smart move from him. Contracts can always be broken, you know, could always change. Not super likely, but they could. Um, but yeah, not like you said, didn't really see much from him. He was just going along and kind of got lost in the pack and Yuki slammed into a wall. So that, that's what they got this week, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, uh, yeah, definitely not one to write home about for uh, for Alfatari. They're just going to move on from this one because not much pace and yeah, an embarrassing crash. It's it's not what they want at all. Um, oh, I, I can't believe after qualifying in fifth and sixth, we're talking about the Haas last. Um, Mick Schumacher, he was looking like he was going to get some points today. I was saying, I was, I was watching the race with my dad today. It's Father's Day in the UK today. Shout out, shout out to all the dads uh, out there in the UK. But yeah, I was, I was saying to my dad, you know, today has to be the day. He, it has to be the day when he gets points, Mick Schumacher. It has to happen. And then I saw him pulling off to the side of the road after about ten laps, and I thought, no, it's, it's happened again. So yeah, no fault of his own, some sort of mechanical failure there. And uh, K Mag, you know, he. Again, in a first lap incident with Lewis Hamilton, he comes out worse. He he damages his front wing. He gets a black and orange flag. He has to pit. And even that took about 20 seconds. It took about 10 seconds longer than it should have done to change the front wing. Sophia, I, I you know, I'm, I don't want to imagine what Gunter Steiner is saying after, after this race, but a lot of expletives are involved, I think, aren't they? I can imagine, because even like the pre-race <laughs> show, like, leading up to like the pit lane opening and everything sky f1 was talking to good designer about like how to motivate and like he's just absolutely buzzing he's so happy which is very surprising <laughs> given how he is god my heart breaks for house like 
where they were and then it was just bad timing with Kevin Magnuson. Like, had he waited one more extra lap, the virtual safety car would have came out at the same time he was about to pit. Carlos Sainz did really great with his pit strategy, like literally pitting when virtual safety car came out or full safety. Same with George Russell, I think. It was one of the drivers well that literally came in right when it was called and it was perfect timing because instead of a 19-second loss of a normal pit it was only an eight second loss or nine second loss of a normal pit oh it literally was like heartbreaking because this is the second time we would we were going to see mick in the points flashback to miami and <laughs> towards the end with his crash with vettel like his nick with vettel and gasly like oh god it, it's it's so he needs to get points that's the thing, like, he's to this level, and, I mean, going back to that interview that um, I was talking about with Gunter Steiner, the media's played it up tremendously, according to him, and they have a great relationship from what's been said, everything about, like, the warnings, warnings have taken place, but they're not as heavy as how the media is portraying it, the media is portraying it that they have a really bad relationship, how it's getting worse and worse whenever Mick doesn't score points or crash, but it's the total opposite, according to Gunnar Steiner. Mick just needs to get it. And I don't see him staying in F1 longer. I think, because his contract is up as well. I think if he doesn't get something at the end of this season, I can see an F2 driver like Felipe Drogovic, who's currently leading the World Championship. I can see him taking in over Mick, which will be heartbreaking not to see a Schumacher name, but he's not producing the results. Yes, it's a Haas. Yes, we thought they were going to be back of the grid kind of team. But Kevin Magnussen's just come out like <laughs> nobody's business and producing all the points that's needed. But Mick's just not producing. And comparing him to Yuki, who started rookie year the same time as him, like just outperforming. And I don't know if it's the pressure of his last name. Probably is. Nepotism a little bit potentially as well. But he just needs to get on it. And he's doing basic mistakes. This race was not the his mistake at all it looked to be a gearbox or a hydraulic issue literally the same way as Sergio Perez kind of went off the exact same spot that Sergio Perez came off as well a couple laps earlier but yeah and then Kevin Magnussen he's one of my favorite drivers he's my one of my top three favorite drivers I love him coming back into F1 he's come out with a bang he's proven everybody that has not a lower level team that actually kind of ain't content He's good at getting his arms out, as we saw this first lap with Hamilton. There was some great battles with that. It was just surprising and just bad timing by Haas. Should have waited one more lap. And, like, they got the uh, black and orange flags. They stayed out for a lap or two laps after that. Like, they could have stayed next to one because they don't have to pit straight away. They can pit up to within five laps of the flags, I believe. So they had time. They just timed it really badly, and it was two houses downfall for it. Oh, uh, I really hope that they can get some points coming into Silverson or even Hungary um, shortly after, because, like I said, I feel like Mick might be gone by the end of the season, which will be heartbreaking to see. Yeah, as much as I'd love to disagree with you, I can't, because, yeah, if he doesn't get some sort of points by the end of the season, it's uh, it, it could well be... Could well be game over for him. He has a lot of uh, sponsorship, obviously, with the team, which will help him. But yeah, you have to think that he's going to be under pressure with that. 
And as well, I've noticed, I mean, everybody has going on about how Haas has much improved this year, which obviously they are compared to last year, but now they've slipped down to ninth in the constructors. They've fallen behind Aston Martin. They're only ahead of Williams. Um, so, yes, improvement in terms of points, but in terms of position, they're only only one above what they were last year. So it's uh, it's worrying times for Haas. They, they, there's pace in the car. There's clearly pace in there. They convert it into points. It's proven incredibly difficult for them right now. Um, but yeah, so we've gone through all 20 drivers, all of them, uh, from top to bottom. Um, yeah, and so let's uh, let's go with our picks for drive of the day. And again, maybe some favoritism, maybe some uh, maybe some nostalgia playing a part here. But I'm going to go with Sir Lewis Hamilton. Um, he was not that far off uh, the, the leading two in terms of pace today. He did a very good job, I thought. Uh, podium position in the Mercedes, which is not that easy to do, and it's a result that it really needs. I mean, especially with. He's probably suffering towards the end of the race too, given how bad he was in Baku. That, that car was bouncing around today again, so he's probably in quite a bit of pain with his back once again. Um, Ellie, who's your pick driver of the day? Do you know what? I think I'm going to say Joe. I think that he drove a fantastic race for a rookie. I think he did a great job in the car that he has. And I thought that his performance throughout the race was, was nicely consistent. So I think I think I'm gonna go for show. I think he I did think he did a great job today. Yeah, fair enough. He's, he did a good job today for sure. And he's up to eighth place now of Alonso's penalty, which just uh, came through as as we were doing the show. Uh Rachel, who's your pick for driver of the day? Mine is definitely like yours, maybe a little sprinkle of favoritism in there, but I'm gonna go with Carlos Sainz. I thought he did such a good job today. I was so proud at how Howie battled Max at the end. He hung right in there up until the bitter end. He didn't give up. He didn't make any mega mistakes. He wasn't in the gravel. And it was it was great. And I voted for him on the, the, the F1 boat thing the, for a driver of the day. And, and although his, his teammate was the one who won, to me, um, in my heart, it was Carlos. Fair enough. Three different picks so far, Sophia. You're going to make it a fourth? Yes, I will, because the person I voted for the F1 driver of the day, and I still stand by it, is Charles Leclerc. Um, coming from P19 all the way to P5, with, as well, obviously three DNFs um, from other drivers, but great overtakes on some of them, not even when DRS was enabled or even where it's easy to overtake. He put some good overtakes in some of these turns that are unexpected so definitely my driver of the day i wish points win content of you become driver of the day because then that could have helped his race obviously it's not but oh, yeah to be fair i was expecting latifi apparently that was like a social media thing that everyone was going to vote for no. latifi for driver of the day because it's the last time he's probably going to ever race on that track so <laughs> i'm happy that it wasn't him <laughs> It's it's happened before. I'm sure Mazepin and uh, Kubica have both won Driver of the Day when they've, they've uh, when they've been it. at the back. They blocked um, Mazepin in Russia last time around. Like Mazepin <laughs> actually did get it, but then it was like removed from all socials and kind of got dropped because I think he like DNF'd within ten laps as well. So it was like, how can he be Driver of the Day with only racing ten laps by his crash or something like that? But <laughs> Stroll been better over the TV if you talk about Canadians. 
Yeah, Stro- Stroll could make a genuine case today. It's a bit of a stretch, but he could have done. But Latifi, absolutely not. Uh, I love as well how none of us have gone for the race winner today. Max Verstappen for driver of the day. But there we go. You know, we've all got a different opinion. So, yeah, um, uh, let's let's uh, let's give you guys a chance to uh, promote your outlets as well. Uh, starting with uh, you, Rachel, you're one half of the Paddock Pals uh, podcast. Let's Let's hear a bit about that. Yeah, so I'm from the Paddock Pals podcast. Um, we do race previews and posts. And then in between, um, when there's like bye weeks, we try to do something fun like a game. Or one week I did astrology signs of all the drivers and how they relate to each other. And we've had a couple of guests on, which has been super fun. So um, if you're interested in any of that, come listen to Paddock Pals. Me and my cousin do it. So it's a little family situation up in there. But yeah. Fair enough, and I've been on that show as well. It's definitely a laugh. Definitely go and uh, listen to that. Uh, Sophia, I've mentioned that you're part of uh, Everything F1. What is that, and uh, where can people find it? Yep, so we're on all social media outlets, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, It's either Everything F1 as the handle or Join EF1. Um, We do have a website, www.everythingf1.com. We post articles, opinion pieces, uh, not just F1, but F2, F3, all the feeder series as well. Uh, we do a podcast that is filmed live every Tuesday night and then gets released onto all platforms on Wednesday. We've had some great guests, Callum Eilat, uh, Bianca from W Series, Sean Kelly, just to name a few. Um, and I think that's it for my socials off the top of my head. But yeah, everything F1. Yeah, definitely go check out those guys out as well. Again, I've been on that show many, many moons ago. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a fun one for sure. They get some fantastic guests on. Um, and yeah, finally, Ellie, I've mentioned that you are part of uh, Along the Racing Lines. What is that and pe- where can people find it? So uh, Along the Racing Line is an online with sports publication. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at AT Racing Line. We love to focus in on the controversial, the crunchy topics. So we're all about some of our most recent articles have been about these these engine suppliers and reliability issues. Uh, We've written about women in Formula One. We've written about how how young is, is an old driver? How old is a young driver? All of these sorts of topics that are really popular to uh, rant about on social media I think um, and we also spotlight uh, drivers and also esports drivers and we will do interviews with them so our most recent ones have been with Callum Eilat and also we had Marcel Keeper and we've also had Lucas Blakely on as well so you can come and find us at AT Racing Line Definitely do that. Definitely check out all these guys' outlets. And if you want to see some more from Grid Talk, don't worry, we're everywhere basically. Uh, you can go onto Spotify, iTunes, all the usual uh, all the usual podca- podcasting platforms, as well as heading over to the F1 Chronicle website as well, f1chronicle.com. They're all on there. Um, here's up on Facebook, F1 Chronicle, Twitter. You can follow us at F1 Chronicle. And of course, we do our uh, shows live on YouTube now as well, which I think we've got over 600 subscribers. We're heading towards at 1,000. That's our big aim for this year. I hope we can really get it. And you guys are obviously a big part in that. You can uh, check out the show live before it goes out and on those, on those platforms. We usually go about, a light, about an hour or so after the race or qualifying. Um, so yeah, definitely check us out on 
on all of those. And uh, and yeah, as well, uh, give us a five star review on iTunes. You can enter into that draw to win some, win some free merchandise too. Which you know, why the hell wouldn't want to win with some of that? So, uh, so yeah, I want to thank my panelists. Thank you for joining us. Uh, very late for us in the UK right now. So it's been it's been a, been a late one for sure. I'm just getting my evening started. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right for oh, you guys no with five or six hours time difference it's 11 p.m for us right now so time for bed for us i think <laughs> we got work tomorrow <laughs> exactly exactly but yeah and uh you can catch us uh the weekend i'm not sure which day it'll be either saturday or sunday to uh to catch us for the uh the preview for the british grand prix silverstone it's coming back two weeks time and you can catch us for the preview in a week's time thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you for the next one goodbye